Welcome to the South Plains Church of Christ Sermon Podcast. God arranges some of the most improbable meetings. God is sovereign, He is in control, but God expects us to use wisdom as He acts in our lives. I believe God had something to do with bringing Lisa and I together. It was a blind date. However, I still had to call. I still had to ask. I still had to pursue. 48 years later, two kids, eight grands. I believe we're a little wiser. In Ruth chapter 2, God arranges a meeting between Ruth and Boaz. But both needed wisdom to navigate God working in their lives. Ruth 2 begins this way in verse 1. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. Suddenly we have a new character introduced into the story. Boaz. Who is he? And why is he here? Because suddenly, without any explanation, he just appears in the narrative. I want us to see this morning out of this story in Ruth 2 that God is in control, and yet still your decisions matter in his plan. You might remember with me in the first chapter of Ruth, verse 22, we're told that Ruth and Naomi had returned to Judah at the time of barley harvest. So there were people out in the fields working when they came home. Naomi had heard that there were bountiful crops that the Lord had provided back in Judah. And so using her human wisdom, she made the decision to return back home. You may remember also that this story is in chaos. It's in the midst of chaos and crisis in chapter 1. Chaos, uh, because it's a chaotic culture that they were living in, uh, it's described in the book of Judges. For Naomi and for her daughters-in-law, it was a moment of crisis because all three of them had lost their husbands to death. So Ruth in this story is about common people, common people, not the, not the judges, not the prophets, not the kings, not the royalty, but the common people even though society was at a low point. I think we can take encouragement by this to see that Ruth was a bright spot in what was normally considered a very dark era of the history of Israel. As the book of Judges says, everybody did what seemed right to him or her. But Ruth makes a decision to do what is right in God's eyes. So I want to pick up with that story, invite you to open your Bibles to Ruth 2, take out your phones, wherever you have the scriptures there. We're going to pick up in verse 2, Ruth 2, verse 2. One day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and, as it happened, 
she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, and he greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, they replied. And then Boaz asked his foreman, who, who's that young woman over there? Where does she, who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She's been at, she's been at work hard ever since except for a few minutes of rest in the shelter. So Ruth takes the opportunity. Ruth sees the opportunity. She seizes it, and she takes the initiative. Ruth knows it's the harvest, and so likewise she knows she can't provide for Naomi, and Naomi can't provide for them. So she says, Naomi, I'm going out into the fields. I'm going to go get us some food. God provided the opportunity. God provided the food. But it's Ruth whose choice it is whether or not she would move on the opportunity. She did. She took the initiative. And just in case you didn't know, it's the law of Moses, Leviticus 19, where the people were required to leave the corners of the fields and any grain dropped uh, not, not, uh, to be dropped during the harvest not to be picked up so that the poor could come along and follow behind and pick up the leftovers could go and harvest the corners of the field. So what God expects from us is to take initiative. When he provides the opportunity, re realizing and recognizing that God is sovereign, that God is in control, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility. We do. We have a will and we have a responsibility. Have you ever set an alarm clock for an early morning event? I assume you have. You still know what alarm clocks are, don't you? <laughs> At least you got one on your phone, right? Maybe you set your phone, whatever it is. I assume you do that. You set it for a time when you need to get up. Now, some of you might say to me, Jim, I believe God is sovereign and in control. So I believe he'll wake me up at the right time. Well, God bless you. You better still set that alarm clock, uh, even if you wake up before it goes off every day anyway. We still have responsibility. That's why we do that. Sometimes people try to hide laziness by claiming spirituality. I'm just going to sit here until I hear from God. In Ruth 2, verse 2, Ruth says, I'm going to work. I'm going to go work for anybody in whose eyes I find favor. I'm going to go to work for anybody who's kind enough to let me. Ruth takes the initiative. Now, she took the initiative not knowing who or if somebody would show her favor or be kind enough to let her do it, but she went out anyway. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 10, where Jesus sends out the 72 disciples and tells them to go into all of the neighboring towns, not knowing 
who are if anybody would receive them. But he said, if somebody does, you stay there and your peace will rest on them. We don't always know. And you might remember that Ruth is a Moabite, so she is an outsider. She's a foreigner. She would definitely face bias, possibly opposition, possibly harassment, but she's wise. She's also sacrificial. She wants to take care of Naomi. And so God arranges a meeting. She had no idea whose field she was in. Verse 3, as it turned out, just so happened to be Boaz's field. It was her initiative that brought them together. Somebody said, Providence is a big happy pillow upon which you play, place your head at night. Just remember, you still have to place your head at night on the pillow to find rest. Yes, God's in control, but he expects us to make wise decisions. And here's another point as we move on into the story of how God honors the humble, hardworking people. We pick up in verse 8. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, stay here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to another field. Stay right behind the young woman working in my field. So see, uh, see which part of the field they're harvesting and then follow them. I've warned, I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly or not to lay a hand on you. And when you're thirsty, help yourself to the water that they have drawn from the well. Ruth falls at his feet and thanks him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked, as I'm only a foreigner. Yes, Boaz said, I know. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I've heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord... The God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope, she said, to, I continue to please you, sir. You have comforted me kindly by speaking so kindly to me, even though I'm not one of your workers. Now, I want you to notice that from Ruth's perspective here, it's, this is just complete coincidence that she ends up in Boaz's field. It, it's, a, it's, it's a lucky stro stroke of, of, of luck that, that came to her. But from God's perspective, God is honoring her spiritual initiative. So Boaz arrives, and Boaz apparently is a good boss. Verse 4, there seems to be a good rapport in the greetings, the Lord be with you, and the, likewise, the Lord bless you. And you also see the progression of Ruth's humility, beginning in verse 2. I hope to find favor. Verse 10, why do you treat me so kindly? She, she knows she doesn't deserve it. And in verse 13, she says, may I continue to find favor. She, she shows gratitude for his favor, for his kindness, thankful for it. And how does God honor? How does God honor Ruth's hardworking efforts? Verse 8. Notice that Boaz offers her both connection and community. He refers to her as my daughter, the same phrase that Naomi used us, my daughter. 
He says, you, you belong, you're welcome, and you are part of this community. Now, we saw in chapter 1 that Ruth had already determined your people will be my people, but we also see here how God is providing a new home and community for an outsider. So Boaz, Boaz gives Ruth connection in this community, but we also see in verse 8 that he gives Ruth provision. He says, stick by me, stick close with us. It's, it's the same verb you'll find in chapter 1, verse 14, when, when it says that Ruth clung to Naomi. It's the same verb. Cling here. Stay here. Stay with us. Stick with us. So Ruth is willing to sacrifice to provide care for Naomi, and we see God is willing to provide for her provision and also protection. Verse 9, I've told my men not to lay a hand on you, not, not to bother you. This is very important in the story. It's a reference it's a reference to harassment. It's protection of a woman who would be in a very vulnerable spot. This has already been spoken in the story. You're, it's a very vulnerable place you're going to be, Ruth. Boaz is making sure. You know, this, this may be, I don't know, this may be the first anti-sexual harassment uh, in the workplace. That's exactly what's going on. Boaz is making sure that Ruth is able to do her work without other people interfering, in particular, young men harassing her. And we believe this is true. We seek to practice this, too. It's, very it's a very relevant topic. But there's also equality. Notice what he tells her. Drink from the jars the men have filled, in verse 9. Usually the foreigners would fill the jars... And the women would serve the men. But Boaz is saying, you can drink from what the men have filled. Boaz is elevating Ruth in some ways as, as a woman, as a foreigner. And the reason I believe is because, verse 11, Ruth, Boaz recognizes everything that Ruth has done. How he's, she's caring for her mother-in-law how she's seeking to take care of her. More importantly, Boaz recognizes that Ruth's redemption is found not in Ruth's work ethic, but rather in God's effort. Verse 12, this is all about God giving his reward, his protection. Yes, Boaz is doing well, but he recognizes that God is the one who is doing all of this providing that Ruth finds protection and refuge under the wings of God, as he put it. God brought about a meeting. And in it, Ruth found connection, provision, protection, and equality. And whether you recognize it or not, God is orchestrating a meeting today between you and him. He offers this redemption to you. And like Ruth, we actually are, are outsiders to God. We, we start far away from God in sin and, and that which keeps us from God. But the way that God lets us in is through, is through a Redeemer. And our Redeemer is Jesus Christ. This is the good news message that Jesus 
came for us. He suffered and died on a cross, shedding his blood for us, for our forgiveness. And he arose again, proving that eternal life is real and, and overcoming death so that he might offer life, abundant, redeemed to you and me. And those who desire to turn away from living their own way repent and declare Jesus as their Lord, their Redeemer. And there they find rest because God purchased our freedom, freeing us from the control of sin and death. Now, you won't find those phrases in the book of Ruth. You're flipping saying, where is that, Jim? You won't find those words, but you will find the themes. The Old Testament is pointing to and producing these themes that are fully realized under the new covenant with the Messiah Jesus. Let's finish the story beginning in verse 14. At mealtime, Boaz called to her, Come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. And so she sat with his harvesters, and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. And she ate all she wanted and still had some left over. Takeout. I don't know if they had a clamshell there or not, but this was takeout. There were leftovers. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her. And in fact, pull out some of the heads of the barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day and when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. Some translation says it was an epheth. What in the world? Um, somebody said that is like seven three-liter three uh, bottles. Seven three-liter bottles worth. It's a lot. <clears throat> Verse 18, she carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law, and Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. Where did you gather all this grain today, Naomi asked. Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. And so Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she worked. She said, the man I worked with today is named Boaz. May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness, his favor to us, as well as to your dead husband. This man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers, kinsmen redeemers. Then Ruth said, what more? Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi explained. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with, this, with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Notice, and then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in the early summer. And all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. Well, she brought home this basket, clearly an overwhelming amount of food. And Ruth... Ruth left with, think about it, Ruth left that morning with nothing. 
And she returned at home that evening with an abundance of food. Naomi was empty, and now she was filled. Naomi asked, who provided this? A man named Boaz. God bless him. He's a family redeemer. Let me say this. Boaz, Boaz does not provide and protect her because Ruth was good looking. Doesn't say that. Look carefully at the text because people can misinterpret, misapply this sometimes. Boaz didn't look at Ruth and think, wow, she's hot. Or she's pretty. The clothing of the day <laughs> wouldn't begin to reveal the shape of the person. Look at the story again. It was Ruth's work that caught his eye. Now, Ruth may have been attractive in her work, but she was not being seductive in her looks. It was her character, not her physical appearance. We all know about our physical appearance, our shape. Let me just say, whatever you have as a young person, typically that does not last. <clears throat> it is your character that shapes your future. Now, Jim, is there any romantic tension building in this story? Well, maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. But Ruth would never have expected Boaz to show any interest. Culturally, they're worlds apart. They're ethnic barriers. They're socioeconomic barriers. So we should not reduce Ruth to some cute damsel in distress. And don't elevate Boaz to some shining knight, a knight in shining armor. That's not what's happening here. We sang what's happening here earlier. God is the hero of this story. Ruth, Naomi, Boaz, they all recognize it and give glory to God, credit to God. God is going to provide redemption. God will show himself to be faithful. He is the God of Psalm 107, which reveals four groups needing redemption. But in verse 2, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story that he has redeemed them from the hand of their foe. The first group mentioned there is wanderers. No goals, no places to go. They're directionless. They're purposeless. They're hungry. They're thirsty. Verse 5, he describes how their spirit fails within them. Listen, you will never find your own way. The path you create for yourself is always a dead end. What we need is rescue, someone to show us the right path and then seize it. When Jesus redeems you, he becomes your goal. He becomes your purpose. Every other religion says, look, here's the way to go. Now go do it. Christianity says, here's the way. Now follow him. Ruth and Naomi had wandered back from Moab to Judah, to Bethlehem. And how do wanderers find their way? Psalm 107, verse 6. They cry out to the Lord. And he rescues them. 
He delivers them. Ruth took the initiative. You have to take the initiative and cry out to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. God will rescue you, but you have to call on him, even if it's just a whisper, because God loves you. God cares about you. And God hears you. The story we may be familiar with is the story of God pursuing Saul of Tarsus. And after he cried out, Lord, what shall I do? He sent him into Damascus where God's servant Ananias said, What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Acts twenty-two sixteen. 16. I don't know where you are this morning. It may be that you need to take that step of crying out to the Lord and then following the steps that he lays out for you. Many of us this morning sit here forgiven, redeemed, just as we sang before. And we're going to close our time together with a song that declares that the redeemed will sing the song forever to the Lamb. And if you need us to pray with you, if you would like for us to study with you, you have some questions. That's why elders are up front in the balcony in the prayer room later. We'll be here when we're through singing. Let's stand together and sing. Thanks for listening. To stay up to date on news and other events, visit southplains.org. We also extend special thanks to our countless volunteers who make all of our ministries possible. And remember, engage, lead, and celebrate others. Thank you.